Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Questions of the Force. I'm excited for questions and hopefully answers. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm kind of like sometimes I don't have the answers, but I do love trying to get to those questions and to the heart of the question. <laughs> it is really interesting that we've decided for right now to call this questions of the force. We don't acknowledge answers. So what if we did an episode sometimes we're just like, here's 87 questions. Who knows? <laughs> no attempt to answer. <laughs> 87 questions, but no one answering. <laughs> We'll get into doing those kind of uh, podcasts that are the very the artsy avant-garde podcasts. All questions, <laughs> no answers. Well, you you and I uh, love Star Wars tone poems. We'll just do a podcast episode that's a tone poem, man. Yeah, it'll, it'll just start off, what if Yoda, and then nothing else. That's just it. 
Uh, anyway, we want to let you know that as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland, the latest High Republic adventure. We're going to be diving into that one soon. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for a free audiobook you get an audiobook and it helps us out but there is still more ken we do have another offer inside editions publisher of a ton of great star wars books is offering 35 percent off across their website if you use this special link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 if i sing it you'll remember it better this week we're <laughs> recommending the inside editions book the mini book of lightsabers it is exactly what it's advertised to be a little book of lightsabers that i love so much i've had to move away from my desk uh lest i read it during the show and get distracted again <laughs> Use the link InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. There you go. Yeah, that is a great one. A great one. The little mini book of lightsabers. And I actually did use this code uh, to get a present for my wife. It works. Uh, So check that out. Along with the mini book of lightsabers, we're going to dive into our questions and even answers as always we get uh, two questions from twitter and two from our patrons on patreon our first question is from twitter and from daniel mormack uh, daniel says i think we all agree that the use of the force exhausts one does it also age certain species <laughs> this is a very fun very nice direct question i love this topic about the force's effect on the physical bodies of, of force users i want to start just with the first side of this ken i think we all agree that the use of force exhausts one do you like that do you agree with that and and do you like that concept in star wars i love that concept that is a great question uh, to focus on i love that and i don't think i've always thought that was the case definitely didn't grow up uh even after video games and you'd smash the x button you have to wait for your force juice to fill back up on that meter right i that never translated uh to star wars for me i think it's a realistic take i think it's something um that makes the powers and and the force skills you have it makes it even more valuable to me it makes it a a resource you can't just uh, uh exhaust without uh, with wild abandon and no thought and and I've, i enjoy that and it, it pops up more and more i think in star wars unless i'm completely wrong and missing some stuff in the past <laughs> but just you know grogu taking a nap is not only cute it's realistic to me and uh, i like it <laughs> it's like running a marathon you can do it but you're gonna nap with a rancor that's just truth yeah i think it uh, I think it's been in more modern canon recently. I think uh, the very big idea of uh, the force projections uh, in Last Jedi causing, you know, a great, mm-hmm. great effort, right? The Kylo setting up the effort would kill you and the effort uh, indeed uh, ending Luke's life on this physical plane. And then he gets to walk into the force, into a new horizon. Um, but then also they're like, scattered throughout lots of places i think there's a high republic moment in particular where uh vanestra Rowe is really thinking and talking about it um mm. and there's a couple ideas that i really like about it i like the idea that uh it, it connects to yoda's quote to me of being luminous beings uh, we are not this crude matter mm-hmm. um in this idea that the force is cosmic right anything yeah. is possible through the force but we are funneling that through our crude matter as force users, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and we can only, you know, process uh, uh, so much power through through our bodies. Right. Yeah. And for me, it's all it was also something that I always kind of uh, played around with is a, a lot is a young adult as I was watching Empire Strikes Back on VHS a lot. Mm-hmm. When Yoda is saying, like, no different between lifting stones and the ship, it's only different in your mind. Yeah. And I think I grew up for a while just like. Oh, if you just, uh, that there truly isn't a difference, right? Like you just get hung up on size, right? And that the greatest of all force users could go, oh yeah, I I move a pebble or I shift a planet (laughs) away from one (laughs) sun to an entirely different sun. Same thing. And I was like, I like, there's a part of me that was like, I like that philosophically, but it, it, it never gelled because like, uh, Yoda's like no different. And then he concentrates pretty hard yeah to move that ship right he's not just like flick his wrist and it flies over and he's like <laughs> and he does like a badass pose like what's the problem luke you know yeah. he 
very slowly, mindfully concentrates. He puts effort into moving the X-Wing. So for me, th this idea that anything is possible through the Force, but there are scales, mm -hmm. and it does matter kind of how much energy you are processing through your own physical body. Yeah, that Yoda moment's great. And there's perhaps an example of it very early on in our Star Wars upbringing where it's like Yoda kind of hit a personal high on his bench press, but he's it, it took a toll. <laughs> it took a toll. I, I even think he's kind of, uh, that is why you oh, fail. Oh, I'm going to need a Gatorade. Like, I, I, I totally think that's there. And I just, you know, as a kid, you're right. You just don't focus on it. You focus on other things. In your headcanon now, given Grogu's great nap, and understandably mm -hmm. Grogu is a toddler, but Yoda is an, an old man of whatever kind. When Luke leaves Dagobah and Yoda says, no, there is another. Do you think the next second is him saying, lie down, I have to, Kenobi? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, it is. It's like my cool down. I did not uh, did not replenish the electrolytes or midichlorians. <laughs> I need force electrolytes is pretty, pretty great. So, okay, we want to be sure to examine yeah. uh, what we're yeah. thinking uh, about Daniel's great observation that the force exhausts one. Now mm. let's go to the second part, uh, the explosive part of the question. Mm. Does it also age certain species? Do you think it ages uh, species in general or in, and do you think specific species are, are more susceptible to being aged by extreme force use it's possible it, you know it could age them it could tire them out we've we, we need, to get, need to get the purgles take on this how tired are they and are they uh, look a lot older uh, than they are this this leads it away maybe to some obi-wan jokes or mm -hmm. uh, e even anakin uh, darth vader jokes right i mean i think he's he's aged for a lot of uh, the the unrest in his soul is a nice way to say it uh, I know I blame the twin sons for a lot of what happens to uh, Kenobi, Baru, and, and Owen. I really do. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I could get behind that and, and would love to see it maybe directly uh, addressed head on in the High Republic book or something like that. Of, of, it wouldn't seem fair to a Jedi or even just a force attuned Like, oh, I, I have this great skill and it's taking years off my life. It just doesn't <laughs> seem fair. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think I'm intrigued by the idea that it would age certain species. Um, I think before that I, I go to some of the same age things that, that you're talking about. I think the dark side rots. Like I think mm -hmm. Palpatine is his body. It's not good for his teeth, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can floss as much as you want uh, when you're on the dark side and there's still going to be some, some rotting. Mm -hmm. I think there's some the great mm -hmm. kind of Kylo's like flesh becoming more modeled and tortured, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. at moments. Um, uh, and I think obviously we know that the light side can exhaust, right? That you can kind of give your strength, to it uh the way the way luke does um so i think that there is some some idea different ideas right the dark side rots you can exhaust yourself to the point of death but then the aging i think that's a thing that i'd be open to mm. uh you know if, if we learn that like yeah aqualish uh, force users <laughs> they get old real fast when they yeah, use but... a force lot like if, if that'd be uh, an interesting uh detail to me and I think in, in, in the main thing I think about is I do just kind of like the idea that by galactic standards of a lot of other species that human lifespans are already a flash in the pan. So maybe mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah, some of those like Wookiees look over and go like, what happened to that human? Oh, it's just been 40 years. Okay. I, I Yeah, I kind of like the idea that the humanoids in uh, Star Wars are the ones uh, that get, get kicked on out of here faster. <laughs> Seems right. Seems just right. Yeah. 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 Is there any species that you have in mind of that would age better or worse based on force use? Clearly, whatever Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu are has got the best of it. Uh, there's <laughs> some subgum or Maz Kanata, who I think uh, is uh, force attuned enough to, but not affected it, it would seem. Um, yeah, I, I, I would like. Um, I would like to see, I don't know. I don't have a specific one in mind. You know, I'd love to see Doug's, uh, you know, get a little uh, comeuppance. A lot of nasty Doug's out there, but a good force using Doug, you know, maybe oh, reverse the curse. Yeah, a Jedi mind trick where you wave a foot instead uh, if you're a Doug. <laughs> sounds absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah, so Bulba did win that race. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, I feel like it's an interesting canon idea. I, I do think we're going to be talking about age a decent amount because of uh, of Obi Wan. I yeah. am really, I am really 
content with the the twin sons make a difference. And also like mm. galactic travel is intriguing to me, right? Because huge, uh, huge. things like, you know, do different, slightly different gravity, slightly different environment. I feel like there's, mm. there's so much room for fun head cannon uh, about aging in yeah. Star Wars. You know, is it uh, the Boba Fett's uh, looking a little, a little rough for 41, 42. Is that Sarlacc juice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because Tem looks great for, his age now. I I hope I look as half as good as him when I reach his age. But yeah, in Star Wars, he looks how I used to think forty was. <laughs> you know, growing up when I was like twenty, well, I'm forty. You're you're just pretty much dead. Yeah, Boba Fett, those twin sons, and that he's, and that's he's doing great. Yep, he's doing yep. Great. Uh, great, great question, Daniel. I'm hoping for some yeah. force related age species canon in Star Wars. Any and, other thoughts on that one? Well, yeah, you stumbled on so we always talk about here, uh, Force Center, the light side builds, dark side destroys, right? This big kind of over, overarching mm-hmm. philosophy. You just stumbled on another great one light side sustains, dark side rots. There we go. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. There you go. A little bit of a just kind of a holistic healthcare advice uh, from the force. <laughs> Moving on to our next question from a Twitter. Uh, this comes to us from Gaz. Gaz says, as an avid canon junkie, whereby I enjoy reading all of the books and comics. Looking back now, there is so much content already created that movie and TV series creators can mine from such as how we're now seeing characters like Chrysanthemum and Cobb Vanth being brought to live action. What characters, locations, or continued stories are you most hoping to see being used and brought to the screen, such as Sloan, Dr. Afra, Valence, or Nal Hutta, Braca, Chandrilla? Thank you for all of your content. As a longtime listener, I love your continued positive outlooks and fun approach to our mutual love of Star Wars. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you, Gaz. This is a great question, a really uh, fun question. Uh, we've looked a lot at specific characters that we want to show up, but I love how much uh, this is being extended in this question to characters, places, and even storylines or concepts. So given all that, where do you go, Ken? I, I want to go to some characters first, uh, only because... Gaz kind of reminded me, you know, I, I, I was a, a, a big, we're all Ray Sloan, Sloan fans here at Force mm-hmm. Center, but I, I just, you know, especially when, on, on the old Jedi Council days, I'd mention her a lot and, and, and want her to show up in other stories, shows up in squadrons. And then I kind of just, you know, I don't know, after a while, you just, you know, you, 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 I feel hopeless. It's never going to happen. So I want to get back on that Ray Sloan train mm-hmm. and say, I really want this character to show up in some other place and or and or season two, uh, you know, run around during the Kenobi or she's during that time. Um, you know, who knows uh, who Ahsoka is going to run in, uh, into on any further mission. So I, I really would love to see a live action version of Ray Sloan. And then I'll yeah. stick with, yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. I just want to, yeah, I just want to jump in real mm-hmm. quick on the, on the Ray Sloan train. She started, she came out swinging in, you know, <laughs> early uh, Disney Lucasfilm canon. And I feel like the fact that uh, aftermath spoiler that she headed to, uh, you know, the unknown mm-hmm. regions, uh, I think that means like we're, we're waiting for that story I think that Ahsoka, the Ahsoka television series, there's a good chance, especially having Cobb Vanth show up, right? Yeah, yeah. That I think that that gives me some amount of hope for Ray Sloan, particularly if it follows that model of, hey, we need this kind of character. Well, they already exist, right? Yeah. If any of Ahsoka's dealings are searching in the unknown regions for Ezra or Thrawn, and mm. she runs into Imperials, uh, you already have that character. Yeah, yeah. And with a great mystery of what happened out there, what happened to Ray Sloan, and and uh, yeah, even even throw in the Palpatine, the new the new stuff. We know that story. She's a giant place in that. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna say another person? I just wanted to jump in with some no, no, thoughts. No. Absolutely, absolutely. No, a couple, a couple more. I, I I'm, I've been. It's it, you know, you and I get on kicks, right? Like I, 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 I want, I want an Infus Nest TV show. She's already been live action. I know not to related to this question, uh, and I'll talk about that for months. <laughs> you know, then I, I'm back on a kick. Of uh, Battlefront 2, Aiden Versio, Del Mico, Zay, Shriv, such a wonderful story, such a wonderful little world. So uh, I want them, and that could lead to, do we go back to Vardos? Do we see Pilio in live action? I'd mm. love to explore those characters. Uh, I don't think Rangers of the New Republic was going to include them. I don't think that show exists anymore, all those kind of things. Yeah, we've heard, but that would have been a place for, for characters like this. Zay's a little bit later in the timeline, I know, but... It's a wonderful collection of characters with 
real life uh, actors. Uh, all actors are real, it turns out. Uh, you know, but actors, you know, mocap doing these video game performances. It's them, right? You don't have to go too far to find uh, your Inversio. Janina Gavankar is waiting. So <laughs> I would love to to see that. Yeah, I think those are some very, very good selections. Uh, how are you feeling about Dr. Afra? I kind of feel like like a series of some kind, kind is coming. I know that there have been uh, rumors and whispers and all that. Mm, um, yeah. But I feel like either, you know, uh, live action or animation, I feel like we're maybe a year out from more Disney Plus shows being announced that are being developed right now. Mm. Because, like, Lando is, like, the only thing kind of on the horizon that we don't know a lot about yet. And yeah. otherwise, almost everything is kind of going to be out in the next year or so, right? Ahsoka yeah. and uh, Kenobi and Bad Batch, and, uh, unless there's something Back I'm alone, forgetting, yeah. right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're heading towards what is known, so more is going to be announced at some point. What are your hopes for, for Afra? I think it's a great character with a uh, just a rabid passionate following and I'm in that crowd allows you to get to uh, whether it be the killer droids triple Z you know uh, uh, triple zero and, and BT but uh, Santa Staros is a great uh, character that I'd love to see in live action too so it, it just brings its own kind of Afroverse but she can also fit so well uh, in other places uh, I think you got to get the tone right. You know, she's a very different kind of character in terms of tone and comedy. I think it works. Everything works. But, you know, you and I have discussed that sometimes. Uh, is she too too snarky for her own good? I don't think so. It depends on how you use the character. <laughs> and I think her leading a series, I think, would be a vibrant, fun, different series. So, yeah. As far as animated versus live action, I would love to see it in live action. Yeah, I kind of hope that she gets her own live action show. I think she would fit into uh, the Mandoverse just fine. I think she'd be a fun character to pop up, you know, in lots of different stories. Uh, you know, depending on when Lando's set, you know, <laughs> some scoundreling there would be yeah. great and fun. But I also just kind of feel like as a character, I hope, you know, sometimes when these when characters pop up in other people's story, you kind of can't do them full justice. It's yeah. th Those characters don't have full wants or arcs, or sometimes I don't think this is going to happen with Afro, but there's always that risk of something bad happens to them to inform the other character's arc, you know, and I just kind of want Afro to have her own show that is about her. Yeah. Yeah. And there's different ways. I mean, you're right. She plugs into so many eras. If you want to explore her adventures, uh, you know, I mean, even her in college, uh, you know, there's some great, you could do college years with her and, and Santa dating all and her, and her professor. There's, they already touched on a little bit of that in the audio book. So there's a lot of different spots. And then, you know, we don't know her ending yet. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the new adventures of Dr. Afra, uh, you know, in, in a different time. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Uh, for me, some characters from from books and comics and video games. Uh, I'm still big on Sinjur Rathvelis, uh from Aftermath. Yep. Uh, series. He was one of my favorite characters. He's uh, had some great kind of uh, classic Star Wars uh, scoundrel, rule breaker, bender, mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, snarky, wry, you know, kind of his own worst enemy, you know, yeah. gets violent when he knows he shouldn't. So there's a lot that's just kind of like charming classic Star Wars about him. But this really interesting uh, character path of walking away uh, from the Empire uh, and it, where he's left of uh, working with Mon Mothma, you know, mm -hmm. such a rich and interesting uh, character idea on so many levels that I would be really happy to see him in the Mandoverse. Um, a character who is uh, in the comics a, a decent amount and is mentioned in books, uh, and we know that she survived into the New Republic era, uh, Evan Verlaine. Uh, we yeah. talked about Evan uh, quite a bit, the pilot of the uh, surviving Y-Wing from A New Hope. So technically, <laughs> mm -hmm. she's on screen in that Y-Wing, uh, if we follow yeah. canon. Uh, but I, she's also a character that just carries lots of interesting ideas of this, uh, another surviving Alderanian who has this, you know, very interesting, tortured, you know, relationship with Leia, the surviving mm -hmm. monarch of her dead planet. Uh, I think uh, I would love to see her pop up lots of places. Uh, final one for me, I'm editing myself to just three mm -hmm. characters. <laughs> uh, Jedi Fallen Order, you know, obviously there's a ton of desire to see all those characters. And like what you were saying with video games, they're like, well, and they are the actors. So there you go. Easily cast. Uh, but Marin in particular. Um, yeah. 
again, because I, I love the Night Sisters, I would love to see them explored more on screen. Uh, this idea of the lone survivor for now. (laughs) Uh, Never count the Night Sisters out with uh, their dark magic. Uh, But great character, great actor. Love to see Marin. I really, uh, yeah, that whole, in fact, I saw saw a tweet the other day of like, make this a live action and had all the, uh, Deborah Wilson and everybody, uh, Cal Kestis, forget his real name right now, but yeah, yeah, all of them just kind of up there. Yeah, they're they're there. It's right there. I, I'm it's right. And uh, the the Singer choice is great too. Singer's a a great character, and you know, I gotta say, props to Wendig. Aftermath series, you know, uh, controversial uh, in its writing style. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, not well received. Uh, unfortunately, I think I think there's a lot of great things in there. Uh, but he, he's he created a bunch of characters that are are still close to the hearts of many people. Or a character like Sloan didn't create the character, but added so much to her so uh i i love a lot of the stuff in those books yeah absolutely and you know Cobb vance is a big champ uh from that book for making yep. the leap making yep. the leap uh so let's talk about places storylines or ideas what do you have there places like mentioned vardos and pilio mm. are interesting and i don't need to like see a recreation of of luke on there with delmico but just at any point in time, it's a it's a vault uh, for the emperor. You, 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 so if Vader or Palpatine are around, and uh, you know Vader gets sent to storage, go go pick up my uh, things from storage. Uh, you could have something there. Just I love tapping into a little bit of that side of Palpatine. Uh, what a little bit is what the door code, my master. <laughs> yeah. It's the only, Force, Vader. It's the Force. You only rented a ten by ten. I can't fit this box in. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think there's uh, I love that side of it, even even going up to Rise of Skywalker as as maligned as some of those beats are like, I like that he had a secret storage room in the in the throne room in the Death Star. You just didn't know, you, you know, but Palpatine carries his stuff around the Sith history studying it. He has his collections, the Lando stealing stuff from his ship and, and the comic run. Mm. I, I, I like that side of Palpatine more than I ever did. And you remember, I, I was a little upset early on of like, wait, you're telling me Battle of Endor Palpatine was also worried about like weird occult things and it's like yeah yeah he was into uh because why wouldn't he uh this is part of uh the, the dark evil side of his character and his nature and, and trying to harness these kind of things for more power and greed and all those things so i'm there for that and pilio could be a part of that vardos uh and, and certainly jumping here on pilio just a bit like vardos just the, the you know prior to operation center it's like it is this bustling imperial center and i've always liked that wrinkle in the Eidenversio character daughter of the empire raised to believe it is all right and turning against that. And, and uh, we do spend a lot of time on there or at least get shades of it in uh, the, the, the book, the battlefront two book by Christy, Christy golden, but to see it in live action, I think it'd be a little different. Yeah. I would love more time on Vardos. I think that's a really good pick because it is, um, I like it when we spend time on core worlds because understandably we spend a lot of time on inner rim or outer rim worlds and people who feel sort of out of it. Uh, but I love the story of Vardos of the Empire is bad. Palpatine <laughs> yeah. is a bad person and he is causing tons of pain in the galaxy, but he's also causing pain uh, to people who kind of maybe won't be believed, right? Or don't have a voice. And I love the picture of Vardos of like a, a close planet where from their perspective, the Empire isn't bringing the boot down as hard. And from their perspective, like, what's the problem? We're all quite wealthy. Everything works. You know, we don't we kind of hear reports of this pain other places. We don't really believe it. Right. And that's the great snapping point. So when when Palpatine in his rage is like, yeah, them too. put the boot down on them. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, what? Wait. Then that's what breaks her. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is valuable. Yeah, you know, you know, maybe it shouldn't have gotten to that point, but I, I think that sometimes the way we all learn, if it doesn't happen to you, you it's easy to ignore. It's just unfortunately a, a byproduct of being human, and, and you, maybe we're always stepping, trying to step over that and step over that obstacle. She does. It's a powerful moment. Yeah, so if you could tell that in another way. Yeah, oh, this is great choices. Um, I, I think for me, some places, uh, this is a weird one, the Jedi Temple. You know, we haven't spent much time there. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I really, uh, I, I was thinking about the great question of seeing things in books and comics. It feels so familiar in books and comics to see scenes in the Jedi Temple once it's the Imperial Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, constant meetings with uh, Palpatine between Vader and Thrawn and uh, Masamita. He, uh, Palpatine's just forever chatting with people there. <laughs> um, so I would 
love to have a tour of the Imperial Palace in live action. I think there's the possibility of at least a glimpse in Kenobi. Um, not uh, hanging my hat on it, uh, but I have some hope for it. Um, another physical place I'd like to see is uh, Ifrona. Um, the mm. planet that uh, basically got introduced uh, by by Charles Soul. Uh, yeah. We see it in uh, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. It's of course where a bunch of our favorite Jedi from the High Republic have their base. Uh, but it's also just kind of got uh, from the little bit of art that we've seen uh, in it. It's like the Star Wars planet that Wiley Coyote would live on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, it's just it's got Yikes. a great aesthetic that's similar to other things in Star Wars, but it's just kind of a, a, a visually really fun planet. And I'd love to spend time at live action in that Ephrona temple that we see in action with the High Republic, and then we see in that Rise of Kylo Ren. Uh, comic book Luke and Kylo and or Ben at that time and Laura Santeca all visiting Ooh, right love that yeah and then for ideas what do you have for ideas or, or storylines yeah yeah I, I I I'll tell you it's it's not a specific storyline but it's definitely an idea and concept I'd love to see more of kind of depressed bearded Han Solo <laughs> <laughs> love that aspect of battlefront too <laughs> it's it is a really weird one it is it yep. is like uh, <laughs> uh i i forgot the rationale but it is pretty great yeah i love that um it, it, general generalized I, I'll, I'll admit but i really do and i and i myself and i determined this over the weekend uh, over the uh, over the course of the weekend with a with a hard seltzer in my hand making tough decisions uh, joseph i was like i think i really need to revisit uh, Dooku Jedi lost and mm-hmm. ex- extend. I'd love to see an extension of some of uh, young Dooku on the loose, <laughs> young Dooku processing his life and making bigger decisions. There's something about that uh, that I think is a valuable, uh, could be a valuable chapter in the star Wars story of, of a Jedi um, gone, gone bad uh, and what that means. Uh, so I'd love a little bit more of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would really uh, like to revisit uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. We have the script book, so I'd, I'd really love to read uh, the script book. I also feel like Dooku Jedi Lost was kind of part one because it was like, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it was Dooku Jedi Lost and now we need Dooku Sith found um, yeah. because it really did. Obviously, his relationship with the dark side was covered, but this is really his decision to walk away from the order and didn't fully get into his full I- embracing of the ways of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. The room there. Uh, for me, it's not really a storyline. It's an idea. And I think I'm fascinated by it because I admit I'm even a little afraid of it. It'd have to be handled mm. to me just like so carefully in live action. Uh, we've talked about w- one of the tensions in Star Wars is kind of this tension uh, between uh, the the fantastic in the realistic, realistic, right? Yeah. Or the the mythic and the, the really sensical, right? Uh, and I like one great example of that is like, well, of course, Luke Skywalker is hidden with his own name and, and mm. you know, yeah, at yeah. the same place that his father grew up and his father's name is Anakin Skywalker because it's a myth. It's the yeah. Skywalker family. It's not about, you know, uh, mm. uh, realism. And I feel yeah. like the the movies and the TV shows generally kind of lean towards that. Yeah. And then often the books and the comics because they spend more time with the characters kind of get into the, the realism, right? We talk a lot about like you open up a star Wars book and they didn't coffee and go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And can you imagine if empire strikes back started out with Hans, like, well, I got to get my morning coffee and then get a newspaper and, you know, go to that part of the Falcon. Like that kind of realism day to day realism is, is not always a part of on screen star Wars. So yeah. all of that is to say, in the books and comics, we hear a lot about uh, Hollows as entertainment, right? Like mm, mm. Hollows as books, movies, uh, documentaries, uh, reporters making documentaries. That idea of how does pop culture, how does read and viewed entertainment exist in Star Wars? And it's one of those things to me mm-hmm. of like you have to handle it just right because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, there, there to me is like if you're already watching a character who's like a myth, right? Boba Fett is a myth and he kind of gets into a certain amount of realism of like, he's dealing with water taxes, you know? Uh, But is that next level 
where it's, you know, Book of Boba Fett, you know, uh, the second season. And it just starts with him and uh, Fennec (laughs) watching a hollow, you know, and just like (laughs) kicking back and like, this is my favorite. Uh, This is the Bounty Hunter 7. It's my favorite hollow, right? Like, it's intriguing because I love, like, there's a a moment, I think, in um, Resistance Reborn where, they talk about uh, Finn as a young kid, even in the first order being allowed to watch hollows with heroes and that he kind of wanted to be one of those. So there's interesting moments like that, but how do you just make it not feel like, you know, uh, Boba Fett's now Homer Simpson just watching television, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm with you. And even just the industry itself, you know, there's in that Poe Dameron comic, there's like a news journalist shows up and gets involved with the fight. And I thought that was even intriguing. And and we hear them and you're right. Even, even, uh, even uh, Vat Weirdo, our lovely uh, Vat Weirdo, Lulilu Primak, just his history. I'm fascinated by that side of it because it is, it's, it's there. It's realistic. It, 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 you know, makes uh, rounds out the galaxy in a very fun, realistic way, I guess you'd say. Whereas uh, Han Solo and his morning refresher uh, is not as fun. Um, maybe for some, I don't know. Um, yeah. So where could you? How? Yeah. How could you work it in? And uh, I totally with you on that. Yeah, I think it would either have to be just kind of a, a side detail, or uh, really be a. Uh, that's what the story is about, right? About mm-hmm. how. I guess we have d- dealt with it a little bit with like storytelling. We certainly are aware of storytelling in Star Wars. I think that mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy is so great with uh, Ray thinking Luke Skywalker is a myth and with the kids on Cantobite seeing how those kind of stories might start to pass. Um, yeah. And it's just a matter of kind of moving that towards like uh, actual hollow industry. So eh, fascinating stuff. Uh, I'm not against it. I just uh, think it has yeah. to be handled with yeah. uh, great care great care it, well, yeah it could be you know there's nothing uh as a stand-up comic there's nothing i hate more than stand-up comedy in movies <laughs> like <laughs> it's never right it's never right uh, yeah it's always a little weird and off even when it's nothing but comics in the cast <laughs> like it's, it's weird so you, you know here's a star wars story about the movie industry i don't know yeah, well, because it's all, yeah, anyway, uh, I'm going to stop myself from going down that road <laughs> uh, and keep this a reasonably length episode of Cues yeah. of the Force. Uh, great question. Obviously took us to a lot of different uh, places uh, to think about what else we want to see in live action Star Wars. But for now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our questions from our patrons on Patreon. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back for more questions and answers of the force. We go to our questions from our patrons on Patreon now. First up, Will Culbertson. Will says, hey, Force Center folks. I've been thinking a lot about the concept of less is more and how it can be applied to storytelling. I want to take two big moments from recent Star Wars stories as examples, the Vader hallway sequence in Rogue One and Din Djarin removing his helmet in the final episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. Both moments are already powerful as they are, but I've always wondered if the emotional impact was dulled a bit by some of the build-up to those moments. In Rogue One, we've already seen Vader twice before his reveal in the hallway. And we have already seen Din Djarin's face twice before he reveals it to Grogu. So my question is, if we had been given less of these previous character moments, would it have had more impact for you in those final reveals? Imagine being in the theater and having the first time we see Vader at the end of that dark hallway. And then imagine the first time we see Din's face to be the same moment he chooses to reveal it to his adopted son. I personally would have found even more enjoyment in these moments that way, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how it might have impacted you and why you think the storytellers chose to give us more instead of less in these instances. Thanks. All right, Ken, where do you go with this? Uh, do you, do you kind of uh, agree with uh, the big picture less is more or where do you go? Uh, I don't disagree with the idea. Behind this. <laughs> how about that answer? Uh, and I'm, I'm here. I'm hearing everything Will's saying, including that these moments are powerful and he enjoys them. But he was think, thinking about another way. The best example of um, something like this, of where uh, I guess I would say I agree with Will, is um, I would have loved more Leia in the Force Awakens, but the reveal of her on Takadana was perfect for me. Mm. And there are earlier scenes that they could have done that were written and they are in the novel. And I think that's great stuff. I love the additional stuff in the novel, more with Corsella, you get a little bit more of that fleshed out. But to say, you know, and it happens, what, over 45 minutes or even, I don't know, close to an hour in the movie. I, I forget the actual it's time. Pretty of deep. It. Yeah, it's pretty deep. Right. And but when she shows up, I, I just at the end of the day, I really love that. And it, it was a big emotional impact, including the three PO red arm joke, all that kind of stuff. So. I think that's an example of, yeah, if, if she had shown up earlier, it would have been great. Probably a big hero shot reveal, not unlike the one we got in Last Jedi and claps and applause. But for her and Han to be reunited and for us to be reunited with her and then them at that time, that's where it really works for me. So that's where I'll, I'll agree. Then I have, I don't know, I'll let you jump in there, but then I have thoughts on the Vader and Grogu stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally get where this is coming from. I think that's always a great question to raise. This is the kind of conversations uh, that uh, I will certainly have when I'm uh, writing and working with other partners is, uh, you know, where do you have the most impact? I think the Leia thing is a great example because where it's placed in the film, it, you know, it gives her the room to have her impact, you know, and it's really important to always be thinking about, you know, uh, what is the impact of this specific moment? I think for me, my big picture reaction is I, I totally understand uh, uh, this question, this perspective. I think there are less is more moments that work. For these examples, I think that this is a case for me where escalation gives them value, mm -hmm. where that we are building to an ultimate moment. Um, I've definitely wondered this about, about Din's, Din's helmet, um, but I think when I, when I break it down and think about it, and I suspect that, that we have perhaps similar thoughts, Ken, about the steps leading to kind of what one might think of as a sort of ultimate moment uh, that they are made more powerful by the steps. I'll just say for Vader, I think, um, 
I think there's this tension. It worked on me uh, incredibly well in the actual my actual first screen of Rogue One. Yeah, I thought if Vader was going to be in the movie, I wanted to use the power of uh, kind of modern filmmaking, modern action to show me a, a a Vader that is to be deeply feared. Let's let me mm-hmm. see what the rebels are truly up against. Let me see why they finally need go. You know, we need that Kenobi guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at one point I, I had even wildly wrong about Rogue One, but had said like, it would be great if the end of the second act was Vader decimating a, mm-hmm. a, a rebel force. And that's what makes, <laughs> you know, uh, Bale go, we're going to need Kenobi on this, one, you know? <laughs> Uh, and raise those stakes. Uh, but I think what's in the film is that tension of, is he going to explode into action, into the full threat of what he is? And I think the fact that we do see him first in a business meeting, then yeah. we see him, yeah. uh, uh, obviously he does his choking, but that's, we have seen that before. Uh, and it's not a fight. It's just a, a reminder. It's a bit of a, an F you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we see him, you know, being called out and, you know, wanting to stop this. So I feel like for me, that moment is more powerful given the escalation uh, that it, it's creating the desire. It's all, uh, yeah. I, I can't believe I'm going to do this. It's a Vader strip tease, right? Like, <laughs> you're going to show me this. You're going to show me this. Oh, you just went full Vader. You showed me. I saw it all, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, that's a great ex- escalation. Is a great point. Um, sorry if I, I cut you off. Are, are mm-hmm. you still dancing down the hallway with the Vader? No, that's, you, uh, that, that's those are my Vader <laughs> thoughts. I want to hear your Vader thoughts, and then maybe we can yeah. we can uh, get into our Din thoughts at the same time. Having gone to a Star Wars burlesque show, you're not off base, Joseph. Uh, you're not off base. Uh, yeah. So I uh, I really agree with that, and I'll have to confess this is one of those moments. You know, talking about the first viewing, I I apparently had a short term memory loss. Because Vader, the business meeting happens, and I was like, cool, Vader's castle. Oh, my God, I love that. Eh, some of the lines are a little weird. I'll, I'll deal with that a little, little bit later, but I do like that he was there. And then I I forgot. I just had no idea that Vader existed. And when Tarkin says, like, hey, alert uh, alert Vader. We have some props. They're going to Scarif. I was like, oh, that's right. He's still around there. So the hall, hallway almost was a reveal for me. That's, Will, that's just because I'm a simple man. I think I just got so swept up in the story. It, um, and for me, it was the total opposite. I was so hooked. I loved the castle, blown away by the castle. Great. Yeah, Mustafar, yeah. amazing. Uh, and and uh, ups and downs with the scenes, but I was still thrilled to see it. And then, like, if I was a more vocal theater go- goer, when yeah. Tarkin was like, let's call Vader, I, I wanted to scream, thank you, please. It was like one of the <laughs> only things. I was enjoying the, the film. I was watching it, but I was so caught up in wanting this. And I think yeah. that's the thing is like, uh, sometimes things need to be constructed to give audience room to want it and build up to it. So yeah. it doesn't just come out of left field. And that was my personal experience with Vader. Yeah. So, yeah. So therefore that, that one worked a, a little bit more there. Yeah. Again, I, I think, um, yeah, I don't, don't want to remix just your, your ex- escalation theme, but like if he had whipped out the lightsaber and chopped 12 people uh, in Krennic's party, you know, and, and then I wouldn't have wanted that compared to what we get later on. I think, I think it flows nicely regarding the Grogu moment there. I, I think the Grogu moment works for me and it, it does work for Will to be again, clear. He said this, uh, just yeah. asking some important questions, but I, w- I think I was more surprised by the reveal at the end of season one with uh, IG 11. I was surprised mm. They, they did that and maybe they could have waited a little longer. I I, I love it. In the end of the day, I think it, it flows nicely, but I remember even then going, wow. But I also think I want, I want to acknowledge, um, you know, could you have waited longer? Maybe, but probably not because you had jerks like me yelling that that's not even Pedro in there. So I, I think I'm part of the problem from back in season one where I was like, it's a stunt man. How can I, I was, I was, and, and you know, and John Favreau does not know who I am. So no one was reacting to, our words, my words, or any, any jerks like me. I just think uh, it was obviously going to be in there. But uh, all that to say, like, I would, that one I took took my breath away a little bit. Like, oh, we, we actually see him. And that meant that that IG-11 moment, him, him taking his mask off in front of a droid, was mm-hmm. almost equally as powerful, uh, just not as sad. So in the end, though, I, I, I think when it comes to the Grogu one, I look for the trade-off. Uh, and maybe mm-hmm. that's a lot of what Will's talking about here. I, is it if you subtract the things we got, is, is that a fair trade for me? And no, I, I like the moments we got before the Grogu um, reveal around Luke, um, especially chapter seven, right? Uh, with him having to take it off while mm-hmm. undercover. That, that is such a powerful moment. So it works. Um, but 
But yeah, Will's addressing the concern that you mentioned for all storytellers. When is the right time for a big reveal? And is, and is the reveal for us or is it for the story, for the characters or all of the above? And, and that's delicate balance. But at the end of the day, uh, the Grogu one, each helmet reveal had different value for me. Yeah, I think that's my big picture thing. And I, I've uh, um, kind of in agreement with Will in that I've asked myself this question of even mm-hmm. though I love both the... Uh, the, the reveals at the end of uh, Mandalorian uh, season two, yeah. uh, both the the one to uh, get the information about Grogu and, and the one to share with Grogu. Like, I love them both, but are they too close together? Would it have been, you know, in some ways it feels like it's the ultimate thing for Din to take off the helmet for Grogu. And were those beats repetitive? And I had that sort of intellectual question. Yeah. And I realized that it was intellectual for me in that emotionally, Every helmet reveal worked. So then it's interesting with this question to go like, okay, well, why does each one work? Even though like kind of on paper, like those are those too similar. Are they too close together? Do they lose impact? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me is the thing about, you can look at Din taking his helmet off lots of different ways (laughs) from the, like we hired Pedro Pascal. We'd like to show his face (laughs) every once in a while. Right. Um, But I think, for Din, the reason that he keeps the helmet on is the creed, right? Yeah. So there, the taking the helmet off is a question of will he change and how much will he change, right? And the first time he removes the helmet, he is convinced by a droid to bend the rules of the creed to save his own life, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Bend the rules or die. And he's like, okay, right? Don't you tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) And don't you tell anyone, right? And then the droid (laughs) dies uh, valiantly anyway, you know, not that long after at all. Uh, And then the second time he is, it's a pressure point the entire episode, right? And he Mm -hmm. already bends a little bit of like, uh, I have a helmet on. Is it, is it about, (laughs) is it about the, my Mandalorian helmet is my face and that's what the only face anybody should ever see or is it a helmet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So he he already he bends it a little bit just to accomplish this, right? Yeah. Um, but then I think when he takes it off to get the information, right? It is theoretically he is willing to break the code to save Grogu's life. Uh, but one could, I think, argue that. He was he was tasked with a quest as he tells every single breathing being that he meets in yeah, <laughs> Mandalorian yeah. season two, right? Yeah. He's on a quest to return Grogu to his people. So you could almost see Din standing in front of Armor and saying, I had a choice between this part of the code and this part of the code. Yeah. And I was still holding up the code because I needed to complete uh my quest. He's he's he was a foundling in my care. I had to save him, and this was the only way, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was still arguably bending the code. So then the final one for me is the most emotional, has the most impact because in my mind, there's no wiggle room on the code. He, he breaks the code for emotional connection only. Right. Grogu kind of asked to see his face. And in that moment, he then decided saying goodbye to this child and truly letting myself connect is uh, openly and honestly with this child is more important to me than following the creed in this moment, you know? So yeah. I think that the fact that they're all different and in my analysis, the first two are bending the code and the third snapping it and dealing yeah. with it later makes them all uh, an escalation. Yeah, you mentioned the wiggle room, the lack of justification. There's no, uh, well, I, 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 the third one was the big one. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I and I like now that we're paying it off, right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when he's talked to the armor, he's like, you know, yeah, no, people have. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it feels to me, let me ask you that. It feels yeah. to me that he is talking about the moment where he took the helmet off for Grogu. He's not like, I, I don't know, feel like he's saying like, I, I took it off like, Two and a half times, one point seven five times. You know, <laughs> one was a droid. One, they're all dead, anyways. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think that in my mind, uh, following your thoughts, there, it, 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 that's the one that was the true reveal. It was his heart. 
right? He took he took mm-hmm. the helmet off his heart in that moment, and and people around him. I, I absolutely think that is uh, that is one. I mean, he might not even factor the other people around him. It just might be Grogu, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he's also did, did did he never take the helmet off to drink soup in front of Grogu? Is the question too? Um, but he did, him, right? Someone. I mean, he we, did. We yeah. The- yeah, he did. I'm trying to run through moments in my head. But he, he, not way. all the way. He did the half lift, right? Half lift. He did the but mouth expose. Yeah, again, there's people in the room. There's this Jedi. There's this beeping astromech droid. Yeah, I think this is the one. That's the one he's referring to more than the other ones, even though the other ones count. Yeah. So I, I definitely can see a, a version of the Mandalorian where it would be, wow, we have two seasons and we finally see his face and he only does it to connect with the child. Like I could get that, but I think there's something that feels honest to me about the character who is willing to change clearly, but is really struggling with how far to go. And now we're kind of back there. His mission, as we leave off, is heading into Mandalorian season three, is to right that wrong. And I think we as the audience are kind of have this fun relationship of like, is that wrong? Was that a wrong thing to do? And I think most people are probably like, yeah, no, saying (laughs) goodbye to your child and letting him touch your dad cheek no, that was not wrong, but yeah. he's starting Mandalorian season three. Like I got to go to a devastated, dangerous planet to go to a mine and that yeah. might not exist. Like all because I did this uh, Which, stakes are nice and high. All maybe a different conversation. All of that. I keep looking at the armor characters. One of the more interesting characters that we're going to hopefully spend some more time with on, 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 and making her tick and find out what brought her there, what she believes and what she will continue to believe. I, I'm really interested about Din versus the armor, not in a fight, not necessarily a physical fight, but just the two dueling philosophies, the armor and the rest of the Mandos, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that some really rich ideas have been set up. Anyway, great question, Will. Uh, This is really, really fun uh, to talk about. Both of those sequences, the escalation, the less is more, all great ideas. Uh, Unless you have anything else, Ken, we're going to move on to our final question. No, no, no. I'll put my helmet back on. (laughs) Uh, I'm always broadcasting in a helmet, just in case. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kai Thatch says, hello, Four Center. In the Book of Boba Fett recap episode uh, that, that we did, Jennifer talked about how everyone is probably slightly disappointed that Grogu did not choose the Jedi path because we don't get to see him wield a lightsaber. That made me wonder the question I posed to you. Do you think we'll get to see Grogu handle the Darksaber? What scenario do you envision this happening? Perhaps he helps train Din to use it more effectively. <laughs> uh, that is uh, extremely fun to visualize. What do you think about this one, Ken? Look, this is a potentially juicy here. I mean, the, the true leader of Mandalore is Grogu right in front of us. <laughs> Maybe he'll get that uh, blade and and hold it up high and he'll be the one that uh, and that's why we don't see for him much uh, in sequel trilogy. He's off, uh, you know, doing what Mandos do, just doing their own thing in the corner there. Uh, He's just slicing that. down first order ships uh, on Mandalore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's defending the, the Chiss ascendancy against their enemies. That's <laughs> the grisk. That's uh, what we've got going on, but no, Kai, that's a, it's a, it's um, it's juicy because Grogu um, has um, I would imagine some basic knowledge of what lightsabers are. Number one, clearly, and even he kind of was like, you know, Luke gave him that choice, and I don't think Gro- Grogu was like, what? No, I don't want that. He was like, mm, lightsaber Jedi way. Ooh, I think I think there's some weight there. I, he I, makes I little did, grabby hands, right? He's like, ooh, and he sort of kind of leans towards that, and looks like yeah. uh, no choice. It's like, like me in a toy aisle. Oh, Black Series or a saying, I must grab that. No, I can't. Uh, so he's got enough skills that I, I, I'd be curious to see if that develops at all. Uh, not Even outside the question of the Darksaber, just him and philosophy's training. Den's not training to be a Jedi. I know. But if he's like, hey, how do I use this? And Gurgu's got some thoughts on what it means as his mind uh, you know, gets a little older and develops. I'd be curious to see some of that. I still think some of that could come from Ahsoka, maybe, maybe another source, Jason Sandula. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I just like the image of Grogu with the dark saber. It's just kind of a cool star Wars look. Yeah. I, I think my mind goes to a couple places with this. I think that, you know, Mandalorian season three is certainly set up to like, we were just talking about to have uh you know, Din's got a lot of Mandalorian baggage on his plate trying to uh, get forgiveness uh, from the armor and from the creed. 
uh, for have, having removed his helmet, but also the baggage of certainly Bo-Katan's like, well, I guess you're the leader of Mandalore or fight me. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're stuck with this thing that you don't want. We set up the idea that he is not clear on his conviction. So the Darksaber, it, it's difficult for him to wield it. Um, but I also think there's still this kind of dangling idea of what is, what are the tenets of his clan of two with, mm. with Grogu now that they've both, really actively made the choice to be a clan of two you know what is their creed and i think uh that might be interesting to be because i think grogu not necessarily being like i've been around (laughs) lightsabers let me give you some pointers dad but more that idea of like their relationship gives din Mm -hmm. clarity about what he wants like uh if it's a moment of needing to defend grogu it it, this is clarity make it easier to wield the the dark saber you know yeah, well, we, we had the question, was it last week, about the, the purpose, the Darksaber kind of response to yeah. you knowing your purpose. Yeah, there could be something in that. Yeah. I also, I, I think that uh, I had speculated, we had probably both speculated, uh, hopefully responsibly in Mandalorian Season 2, that I, I would kind of like love to see Grogu helping Din with the Darksaber. Like, there could be some, like, yeah. fun action slash comedy moments if... Uh, Din is still having a hard time and it's dropping and Grogu gives him a little force push on the elbow <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's somebody smacks his dad and the, yeah. the hilt goes flying and, you know, Grogu picks it up with the force and throws it back to his dad. Like, uh, I'd love to see almost them kind of teaming up <laughs> with the dark saber. I, yeah, yeah. No, because look, Grogu's made a big decision, but the force hasn't left him. And his connection to a lot of those things and those philosophies and things he's learned or known or believed or experienced. Yeah. And and if if Din is, uh, you know, forget just taking off the helmet, but all takes off the helmet and is like, what do I do with this? Other than, you know, chop up uh, my bounty targets. Like, what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah. Besides going to the meat market. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also just like physically, I, I think I think Grogu needs to grow a little bit right before he can. Yes. He, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah. He physically hold like, right. Yeah. I mean, that seems a lot on his on his little hands. Look, I, it, it's 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 going to be hard for a lot of us to accept, but we are going to have to see preteen Grogu eventually. We're going to have to see a little bit of growth, a <laughs> little bit of size change. Yep, those first words will yeah. be dark saber mine. No, <sighs> um, let, this is the final thing that I want to get a spin off from from yeah. Kai's question. Ken, it, depending on how long the story arc of Mandalorian is envisioned to be, would you be at all intrigued by like a season? of the Mandalorian where the quest of the season is uh, Din takes Grogu on a quest to find Kyber crystals. So Grogu can make his own saber. Oh, I'd love that. His own kind of gathering. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that'd be, uh, it'd be fun. And, and, you know, Ilum at that point is, uh, is uh, in a bit of a transition phase, uh, but yep, so that would be fun to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, having some, uh, Oh, probably not stormtroopers or leftover. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, um, uh, yeah, the growth of Grogu. And when, once he starts talking, like, I, I really do want to get to that point. I, he's as cute as a button. I don't want to change that. It's a sitcom kid, right? And we don't, we, we don't want suddenly he's now got a little mustache and he's learning about <laughs> don't do drugs and stuff like, you know, very special <laughs> episode of Mando. I, I but I, I'd love to see it because I'd love to get just a little bit. More and I think I think we're getting you know the the flashback going to that 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 idea of home that's is actually is full of pain uh, with, with the flashback and 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 it's more than just who saved them that's a fun reveal I do want to see that I do want to know that but just you know where he come from where he came from and where where does he go with all that once he starts talking once he can start really saying but not having to soak around to feel things and and, and translate things but actually go hey thoughts I have me or however he wants to speak you know. I think you can mm-hmm. go play. And so places like what you're saying there, his own little gathering or his own what he needs. Um, I'm fascinated, potentially really fascinating. Yeah, I think it could be really, really interesting to sort of uh, complete a, a little character arc for him, depending on where Grogu ends up. But I just want, I want a whole season of every time Din Djarin meets anyone, him telling them, I am on a quest to take my child to find magic crystals for a <laughs> laser sword. <laughs> Is it kind of like a jingle all the way? Dad getting toys for his kid at Christmas and going. It really, there's something about it. Like, look, I went through that whole Mandalore thing. Uh, now I'll help you with you with your business, son. Yeah, so I love that. <laughs> like when my dad helped me buy my first car. It's a little yeah. easier for him. Then. 
yeah. a little easier. Those are questions and some answers, and if not answers, at least some thoughts from our perspective. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you to all that uh, watched our live Q&A episode with Alex and Molly Damon. It's still up there, and many people still watch the episode. More on the way. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can uh, find us on, on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a lot more. Just search, and uh, we'll be there. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Saw some people getting some uh, speculating responsibly t-shirts uh, this weekend. We appreciate that. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Always looking for new patrons. And from there, you can get into our Discord and have a wonderful conversation with Force Center friends. You can find me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. Uh, updating uh, some comedy dates hopefully soon. But a big one on June 4th, if you're local to Los Angeles, going to be performing at Doug Weston's Troubadour. You know, me, Elton John, it's all the same. We're the same. <laughs> Not the same. But I'm looking forward to performing at that historic venue. You can get information on my website. And uh, we always like to uh, put out uh, into the world some places uh, of uh, interest uh, for charities or causes. And still on my mind, of course, in a lot of people's mind is uh, – the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund by Global Giving. You can go to globalgiving.org slash project slash Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund and help uh, just support uh, the citizens over there who are in this uh, uh, humanitarian crisis. And that is a nice way of saying it. Joseph, what do you got? Yeah, uh, I want to continue to highlight uh, the great organization Vote Forward. Uh, just put very shortly, it is a place where you write letters uh, sharing with other people why you vote in encouraging people to use their power to vote however they choose, but to be sure to engage to use that power. If you're interested, you can go to votefwd.org. And for myself, you can find me on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out all of my other comedy adventures, uh, past, present, and future on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Grogu with any kind of lightsaber, this has been Questions of the Force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.